Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to our service this morning. First song will be uh, Prince of Peace. You are holy and you are mighty. You are worthy, worthy of praise, and I will follow, and I will listen, and I will love you all of my days. I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy. I will love and adore Him. I will bow down before Him. I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy. I will love and adore him. I will bow down before him. You're my Prince of Peace and I will live my life for you. You are holy are mighty, you are worthy, worthy of praise, and I will follow, and I will listen, and I will love you. All of my days, and I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy. I will love and adore Him. I will bow down before Him. I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy. I will love and adore Him. I will bow down before Him. You're my Prince of Peace and I will live my life for you. You're my Prince of Peace, and I will live my life for you. Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to Stroudsville Church of Christ. I want to extend a special welcome to our visitors. Whether you're here with us in person or live stream, we invite you to come back and worship with us as often as you can. If you are visiting with us, if you could please fill out an attendance card from the pew in front of you and put that in the collection plate as it passes by so we can have a record of your attendance. I'd like to remind everyone of our scheduled services. Our Sunday morning Bible study begins at 9.30. Sunday morning worship is at 10.30. Sunday evening worship is at 5.00 and midweek Bible study is Wednesday night at 7.00 p.m. 
Congratulations to those who had perfect attendance for January. In our toddlers class, we had Sadie Shepard, uh, grades four through fives, Knox Blunt and Cora Moore. Middle schools, uh, Nathan Farrell, Bryson Albright, Josie Ely, Reagan Moore. In high schools, Ella Albright, Sarah Albright, Emma Barrett, Amelia Brown, and Gage Shipman. Sad to announce that uh, Bill Young's oldest brother uh, passed away yesterday. His name is Richard. He was 62 years old and passed away from a heart attack. So let's please remember Bill and his family, his brother's family, uh, in our prayers. The elders have authorized a donation to Healing Hands International help with the disaster efforts in Turkey and Syria after the devastating earthquake that occurred in that region last week. Today is Meals on Wheels, uh, Super Sunday food delivery. Please see Christy if you can help deliver food and also those who are picking up food to, um, to be delivered directly. There will be a ladies' Devo and calendar planning session this Thursday at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Please see Shannon Garrett for more information. We will have a meeting for everyone who's attending CYC next Sunday evening after services um, in the Fellowship Hall. Sunday morning services in Fellowship Hall. There's a table uh, baby shower for Story and Jose Rosales, and it's set up in the foyer. They are expecting a precious girl on February 20th. Gift cards would be appreciated from Walmart, Amazon, or Target. Also, a few, uh, few, a, a few food cards would be great for them to pick up uh, during the first week after the baby's born. There is a sign-up sheet for coordinators needed for the Youth and Senior Suppers uh, for 2003, and that's on the youth board. There's also a sign-up sheet for ladies willing to lead Lady Devos this year on the bulletin board. You can see Shannon Garrett need more information. Also, uh, the Pickin' and Ribs fundraiser for Lywood Christian Camp, which is going to be on Saturday, March 4th at 6 p.m. at Trenton uh, Crossing. There's a flyer on the bulletin board with more information. If you'd like to buy tickets for this event, you need to see Noah Eastland or Dale Murray today, today's last day of tickets. Also, uh, Noah informed me this morning that all the food has already been taken care of, so any ticket sales would go direct, directly to Lywood, and they would also be happy to accept donations. I'd like to thank uh, all those who helped help put on the Sweetheart Banquet uh, last night, especially the Albrights and Barretts and Will Gregory for the entertainment. Uh, Christy informed me that they left the photo drop up back there in Fellowship Hall if you'd like to go uh, get a, a picture with your sweetheart. Got two thank you notes. First is from the Olinger family. The recent loss of two sisters in the last two months has been difficult. All the call, calls, cards, and personal words of sentiment and condolences has been a blessing and comforting. My family is truly grateful to the Stroudsville Church. Thank you, the Olingers. And this next one is from Mr. Wayne Head. To my church family, thank you so much for the food, cards, calls, texts, and especially the prayers. Love, Wayne Head. Glad to have Mr. Wayne back with us today. That concludes our announcements. We'll now have our reading. Our reading this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. To sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. 
not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For let him who means to love life and see good days reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. And let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteousness, and his ears attend to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Song before opening prayer be number nine. Number nine. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts are full, life flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works with joy surround thee, earth and every reflect thy ray. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea. Chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Mortals join the mighty chorus, which the morning stars began. Father, love is reigning o'er us, brother. March we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music leads us onward in the triumph song of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you for granting us another day, and we just ask that you help us to use this day to spread your word, to fellowship together, uplift, and strengthen one another. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for Stroudsville and the work that's being done. We ask that you continue to give us the strength, the energy, the courage to go out and share your word in a world that's falling away from you. Heavenly Father, we know there are many today who uh, are not feeling well and unable to be with us. We just ask that you give them the strength and the energy and the courage to fight through uh, the illnesses that they have and to uh, have the faith to know that 
your will will be done. Heavenly Father, we know that there are many caregivers, doctors, nurses who are taking care of them. We just ask that you give them the knowledge and the wisdom to uh, bring them back to, you, to their health if it be your will. Heavenly Father, we know there are many who are suffering. We just ask that you be with the young family uh, as Bill is dealing with the death of his older brother. And we just ask that you bless them. Again, give them strength in their time of, of grief. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we have the opportunity to worship this morning. We just ask that you bless our elders as they continue to lead us spiritually and bless their families. We ask that you be with Tom and Meg as they continue to minister to us. And we just ask that you be with Tom this morning as uh, he brings a message. And we just ask that you open our hearts and minds to his word. But most of all, help us to go out and share that word with those around us. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day but we thank you most of all for your son jesus as he went through uh, the pain and suffering of the cross and made such a great sacrifice for us and it's in his name that we pray amen to prepare our minds for war supper we'll sing number 143 143 Though in the grave he lay, Jesus, my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord, up from the grave he arose. from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign he arose he arose hallelujah Christ arose vainly they watch his bed Jesus my Savior from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign he arose he arose hallelujah Christ arose death cannot keep his prey Jesus my Savior, he tore the bars away, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his foes, 
He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Proverbs 20. 9 and 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people will perish. I find it interesting that God has vision for each, Christ, each person on the earth. He has a vision, he has, he has a plan for each and every one of us. Zechariah was prophesying over his, his son John, who is to be born in Luke chapter 1. And he says... And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sun rise, shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path, into the way of peace." God has a vision for all of us to live in peace and to have no separation between us and Him. And the only way we find that is by the gift of His Son dying on the cross. Let's all go to our Heavenly Father and thank Him for that gift. Father, we thank You for the giving of Your Son on the cross that by that sacrifice that You gave and He gave, that we can stand before You sanctified and eventually, Lord, stand before your throne and be justified. And Lord, we ask that, that you, 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 you help us to, and open our hearts to be thankful for that. And it's in your son's great and holy name we pray. Amen.
Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the, the blood that was shed on that cross that we know as the, the blood flowed down that cross, Lord, it was, a, it, was a, it was a terrible sight for a father to see. But we thank you for that sacrifice that by that we can, we can spend eternity with you in heaven. And Father, open our hearts today that we are thankful for that. In your son's great and holy name we pray. Amen. This time the elders have set aside a time for us to give back a part of that which we are blessed. It is not a time of solicitation of any visitors, but a time of obligation for us as Christians to give back a part of that which we've been blessed. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, we thank you for the many blessings financially and monetarily that you've given us, Father, and the opportunities that you give us to go out and make a living and, and to support our families and Father, we know that we live in the greatest country in the world and that even though we don't see it that way, Father, we're in the land of opportunity, Father, and you've given us that, and we thank you for that. But we, thank, we, we ask that we will open our hearts and open our purses this morning and, and give back your portion with a willing and cheerful heart, Father. And it's in your Son's great and holy name we pray. Amen.
like to mark your songbooks, our song invitation be number 592. 592. For the lesson, stand and sing number 521. <clears throat> Five hundred twenty-one. I've a home prepared where the saints abide, just over in the glory land. And I long to be by my Savior's side, just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, I'll join. Just over in the glory land, there to sing God's praise and His glory share. Just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, I'll join the happy angel band. Just over in the glory just over in the glory land, there with the mighty host I'll stand. Just over in the glory land, with the blood was strong, I will shout and sing. Just over in the glory land, glad hosannas to Christ the Lord and King, just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, I'll join the happy angel band, just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, Just over in the glory land. Be seated, please. Good morning. Good to see all of you. We have a good number today. I appreciate, as I begin this morning, those who came to the men's prayer breakfast. I wanted to say thank you for the men that came and cooked and those that led Prayers of encouragement and fellowship with one another is a very uplifting time, so I'd like to encourage you, we have men's fellowship more periodically coming, and uh, come to those and enjoy that time we spend together. I want to say thank you also to those who organized and, and served in our Valentine's banquet last night, a lot of fun, good fellowship, good turnout, so it's good to be a part of a healthy, growing congregation full of children, and I'm, I'm always thankful. We're continuing in a lesson series called God's Great Nature, and you may have realized that 
our opening slide started out with the fall leaves. It moved to a winter scene for a few weeks, and now here's the flowers. So you've probably seen those on the side of the road. And uh, I'm not going to call them anything because I know there's a debate over that. We'll just call them yellow flowers. But God promised us the seasons, didn't he? The distinct seasons. And we can count on that until he comes again. And we're seeing evidence of God all around us. But his nature is not necessarily the beauty and the uh, complexity of all the things that he made. While that is stunning and amazing and I rejoice in that, we're talking more about his character, his personality traits, what makes God who he is. Over the lesson series for several weeks, we've talked about the topics of um, his character, but we started out from the Song of Solomon and Exodus, I'm sorry, the Song of Moses in Exodus 15, verse 11, just after they crossed the Red Sea. Here's what Moses wrote, being guided by the Holy Spirit to praise God and acknowledge him. Who? is like you, O Lord, among the gods. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? The answer to that question, obviously, there's no one like God. He is unique and alone, the greatest spiritual force ever existed, the most powerful being, and I'm so thankful his nature and characteristic is love. So here are the topics we've covered so far. We're almost to the end. He's always been. He's spiritual in nature. He's sovereign, holy. We talked about the three omnis, making God all-powerful, knowledgeable, and, and being everywhere at the same time. He's immutable, never-changing, all-wise in truth. And then we move to Godness, who's good. God is good and full of grace and love and foreknowledge. And today, today we talk about the beginning of our final lesson, that is a god of righteousness. And so I want to attempt today to talk about righteousness. What is righteousness? Psalm 145, 17, the writer says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. Psalm 11, verse 7, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright <clears throat> shall behold his face. All right, so what is righteousness? If I saw righteousness, how would I know what it is? How would you define it? Give me some examples. So we'll talk about that in our next slide. What is righteousness? Well, it begins with the word right. It's the opposite of wrong. Right is a standard that God sets, and he says, this is what I want you to be, this is who I want you to be, and I want you to choose the moral path that is good and correct and full of love. Most of us know evil when we see it, and hopefully we understand what righteousness is as well. It is to be perfect in the administration of justice without sin, Every attitude, word, behavior is done in a way in which evil is avoided. So if you choose righteousness, you choose the path of God, not the path of evil. It is pure love. It is moral perfection. And it's embraced by those who want to be righteous. I thought as I was preparing my lesson on righteousness, I wanted to tell you a quick story. You probably heard 
Jack Birch mentioned Meg's father, a godly man. But this goes way back when Jack was a little boy. He was about three or four years old. He had a grandmother. Her name was Miss Lucy. Now, I don't know if he called her Mama or Granny Lucy, but her name was Lucy. Now, she one day, when Jack was very young, she said, Now, Jack, I want you to listen to me. When you read your Bible, always do what it says. Okay, he acknowledged. He got the message. Always do what it says. So he thought about that. The next day, he saw Miss Lucy again. And he said, well, I've been reading my Bible. And it said something. She said, well, what did it tell you? It said in the Bible that you're going to make me a caramel cake. <laughs> she smiled sweetly at little Jack. She thought, I could probably question that, but she made him a caramel cake. He got that caramel cake. Now, while that's funny, and we understand from a mind of a three- or four-year-old, he kind of worked that one well, right, to his advantage. But I want to tell you what's more important about that story, and that is Miss Lucy. She sternly reinforced into the mind of a little child, God's Word is important. Amen, church? She was teaching him how to be righteous and holy. And so this little three- or four-year-old boy ended up serving as an elder, a shepherd in the Lord's church for over 40 years. He taught Bible classes up until recently, and he's in his advanced years, over 80 years old. But I thank the Lord for Miss Lucy, who told Jack to always do what the Bible says. That's righteousness right there. <laughs> you see, because God is perfect, church... He is, by His own nature, righteous. He is righteousness. God sets the standard, if we could advance to the next slide, He sets the standard for all that is good, all that is right. He is righteousness. And so if you want to see righteousness, I would simply suggest that you look to God. And study His Word. Study His character. Now, God wants only what is best for us. And Satan, church, he wants to destroy us. And my, my dilemma here, my question is, why do so many of us listen to the lies of Satan? Why do so many of us not want to do what is best for us because it's God's will? And so I want to ask a rhetorical question today. Maybe we can answer it in the course of our lesson. And that is, if I work hard enough, if I really, really try, can I be righteous? Can I just work myself out of being controlled by the devil and be a good person and holy by choosing right? Can I become righteous through hard work? I want to share a quote with you from a website I often refer to called gotquestions.org, but the writer of this particular article, I think, sh shared something I want to read to you. 
He says, true and perfect righteousness is not possible for man to attain on his own. The standard is simply too high. The good news is that true righteousness is possible for mankind. So in our next slide, we're going to answer how that is possible. How do we get to be a righteous person? We can't work our way. We can't become perfection because the standard's too high. He says, only through the cleansing of sin by Jesus Christ and the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And you see, Adam, I appreciate your communion meditation this morning because you mentioned the blood of Jesus on the cross. Why did Jesus have to go to the cross? He paid my debt sin. Me, the unrighteous sinner, is now cleansed through the blood of Jesus when I humbly accept the salvation offered to me. And it is only through the blood of Jesus that we can become the righteousness of God. Oh, amen to that. When we become cleansed by that blood, when, when God has cleansed us and made us pure and whole, He then inserts into us the Holy Spirit who then leads and guides us as we become children of God. We have no ability to achieve righteousness in and of ourselves, but Christians possess the righteousness of Christ. We cannot do it on our own. The prophet said, there is none righteous, not even one. The Bible says in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, He, that is our heavenly Father, saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. Now for the rest of the lesson today, I want you to write one through five if you're taking notes. And I'm so thrilled when I see these young people up here with their pens out and their notepads. God bless each and every one of you for taking notes. That's the greatest single encouragement to a preacher in the pulpit to see people taking notes. Number one, these are five musts if we want to be righteous in God's eyes. It's a very simple outline, one that we can follow and understand. But I want to begin today by reading 2 Corinthians 5. If you'll turn in your Bibles, we're going to read verse 5, chapter 5, verse 21. Now, while you're turning there, I did want to stop for just a moment and read verse 17. This is interesting. So before you drop down to 21 and... In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's stop and read 17. How do I go from being unrighteous and a sinner to being righteous and holy and be like God? Paul says to the church at Corinth, therefore, in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I can't continue to be the fleshly man and be righteous. I have to be in Christ. I have to be created new, made anew. I have to have a new mind, a new vocabulary, a new way of thinking, and submit myself to God. 
So later in this chapter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, down in verse 21, I want to read this uh, last verse in the chapter. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So let's go back and clarify some of these pronouns. For our sake, He, that is, the Father, God the Father in heaven, took His own Son, and He put all of the sin of the world on Him, Jesus Christ. He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin. He was perfect, holy, and pure. He left heaven and came to die on the cross. Now listen to the result of him becoming sin for me. So that in him, in him, meaning now that I am in Jesus Christ, I have become a follower of him and been immersed in the waters of baptism. I have obeyed the gospel. In him, we collectively, all Christians, might become the righteousness of God. Did I earn it on my own? No. Did I work hard enough to become pure and holy? Without Christ, no. It took Jesus who did it for me on the cross. I became the righteousness of God. So perfect righteousness can only be achieved in Christ. Only perfect righteousness can be achieved in Christ. And so I want you to think about that passage we just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and this is the first point. If you're taking notes, number one, write this down. We must be in Christ. That's it. That's not through repeating the sinner's prayer, by the way. It's by obeying the gospel. And if you're not sure what that means, please... Call me, text me, or, or ask one of our deacons or our elders or a member, what does it mean to obey the gospel? It's fairly simple. It's a death, a burial, and a resurrection. The death of an old person, a fleshly man, and the resurrection of a new person, a spiritual person now in Christ, covered in His blood, that is how we become members of the Lord's church and are in Christ. It's a transformation process. So be in Christ. And today, if you're listening to my message, you're not sure if you're in Christ. I don't know. Am I in Christ or am I out of Christ? Or what do I do? We'll be happy to clarify it. The Bible's very clear on how we become a child of God. So that leads us to point number two. And I want to start out with a passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He, parentheses, Jesus, himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 1 Peter 2.24 What does that mean? That means that we go through a transformation process. If we've died to self, then the person that comes out of the waters of baptism, now covered in the blood of Jesus, are no longer the old fleshly man, but a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. 
I've been crucified with Christ, Galatians tells us. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so number two is we must go through a transformation process. You see, transformation doesn't mean you change the way you look. Transformation means you change your very form, the substance of who you are. That is a transformation. And the best person to show a transformation is the one who can say, let me tell you about the old me before I became a Christian and how Jesus changed my life. When people see a difference in how we live, how we spend our time, how we interact with others, and how we have the capacity to be loving toward those who hate us, they are seeing a transformed life. And that is how we show the righteousness of God is transformation. So number one, we must first be in Christ by obeying the gospel. Two, we go through a transformation process. And now that leads us to number three. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the, John writes in his epistle, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but that's a hard thing for me to do. Anybody else have that problem? To say, I'm sorry, I've been wrong, I shouldn't have done that, and I want to change, please forgive me. It's a hard thing to say to your wife or your husband, I'm wrong and I'm sorry. But it's something we also need to say to God when we mess up. So that leads us to point three in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. We have to confess our sins. It's what we do with one another. It requires humility. Paul, as he wrote, a prolific writer of the New Testament, and he wrote to the churches, he even confessed openly that he was the chief of sinners. He called himself foremost. When you think of sinners, when you look up the word sinner in the dictionary, there's my picture, Paul. I am a sinner. I openly admit and confess, confess my sin. And what makes me righteous is not my good deeds. What makes me righteous is that Jesus lives inside me and he cleanses me through his blood. I believe that those who are righteous must have a certain element of humility about themselves and confess sin. Pride is taken away, which leads us not to be self-righteous. Those that Jesus confronted in his day, they had it all figured out and they were religiously superior. But Paul, on the other hand, said, I'm the chief of sinners, but yet God chose me. Paul was so effective in leading so many to Christ. But we have to confess sin repeatedly and openly and be honest and be transparent with others and God. And that is when God can truly use us is when we exude humility and acknowledge sin. That leads us to number four. 
1 John chapter 2.29, If you know that He, Christ, is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. Now the word I want to talk about, the operative word, is practice righteousness. Practice righteousness. So number four, write this down. I live like Jesus daily. I live like Jesus daily. Yeah, there's some days where I struggle with that. How about you? Yeah. Working on a car the other day, I told, told a friend about it. There was a little spring I was trying to put on. That spring didn't want to go on. i like, I'm going to win this spring. He said, mm-mm. Nope. 45 minutes later, I'm still trying to put that spring on. I didn't throw anything. I used to throw things, by the way. I didn't say any bad words. I said, Lord, it's a beautiful day today. Thank you. Now, I won eventually. But you see, there's something in us, intrinsically in us, that the flesh just wants to do things it shouldn't do. We get frustrated and angry, and, and we hit brick walls and roadblocks. But I have to get up each day, and I have to remind myself, Tom, the body you're living in doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus Christ. Let others see Jesus in you. Okay? I'm like, yep, yep. Until the spring comes along. Why are there springs like that? But you get my point. It's not always easy to be righteous and to submit when things don't go your way, when you're frustrated or angry, that's when the devil, that's when the devil is standing there going, mm-mm, no, this, this living for God not working out too well, is it? Don't listen to the devil, church. Submit to God. And make it a habit to submit yourself to him daily. Daily, let Jesus be seen in you. We have to practice righteousness if we've been born of Him. Now this leads us to point number five, and we're out of time. Second Timothy chapter 3.16, and this sort of takes us full circle back to Jack when he was a little boy and what Miss Lucy, his grandmother, told him. She said, Jack, do what the Bible tells you. The Scripture says all Scripture is breathed, Out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We've got to be good students of the Word. If you're not involved in a daily Bible reading, I encourage you, take the time to read God's Word. Take the time to digest it, to study it, apply it in your life. So number five is we must be good Bible students. Training Toward righteousness. Don't be misled 
by people who tell you things are in the Bible that are in fact not there. Study it for yourself. Be like the Bereans who studied the Bible daily. Don't insert commands that are not there to get caramel cake. Now we understand a little boy did that when he was three or four and it worked. But as an adult, it's not really funny anymore when people say, the Bible says do this, when in fact it doesn't. People are led to believe there are certain things in the Bible that are not there. They're led to believe there are certain commands that no longer apply in our modern culture. So let us be righteous by adhering to the perfect standard of God's Word. Be good Bible students. Follow the Scriptures. I want to summarize today, and the lesson is yours. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson on righteousness. And I thank the Lord that we serve a perfect God who is righteous in every way. The summary is God is perfect example of righteousness. There are no flaws in Him, no imperfections. There is no sin found in our God. We must understand that righteousness is from God and God alone. No matter how hard we work, we will never be righteous based on what we do. We are only righteous through the blood of Jesus and submission to God's will. And as we continue to submit to God, we become His righteousness. And finally, we looked at five ways to become righteousness through Christ and in Christ. And I pray that maybe a message today touched someone's heart. Maybe there's something that was said or done that made you realize you need to change. We're going to give you an opportunity to reflect on that as we sing our invitation song. We invite you to come. We invite you to be God's righteousness according to the Bible. Let's stand and sing together. And you must give an answer for something you must do. What shall it be? What shall it be? What shall your answer be? What will you do with Jesus? Oh, what will your answer be? What will you do with Jesus? It comes by night and day with piercing hands uplifted. He waits, what will you say? What shall it be? What shall it be? What shall your answer be? What will you do with Jesus? Oh, what will your answer be? What will you do with Jesus?
each of you for being here this morning. I'd like to invite each of you to be back tonight at 5 o'clock for evening worship. Any other final announcements? Not our closing song will be number 522. Sing the first and last verses. 522. <clears throat> On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who Pray with me, please. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of this service, we pray that everything that's been done has been in spirit and truth in accordance with your will and pleases you. And Father, as we leave this place, help us to keep the things that we've heard and learned today in the forefront of our minds. Help us to see you in everything that we see. Help, you, help us to see you and the people that are around us. We thank you for the blessings of this past week. We pray for blessings this coming week. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your care. We ask for your protection. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>